You know, they say the series doesn't really get started until the road team wins a game, right? Devant, la Ronde qui revient dans le territoire des Golden Knights. Lénerva, laissé pour McNabb. McNabb s'avance. Simple passe. Marche saut. Carlson de l'autre côté. Quel repli défensif de Suzuki. Oh, qu'il a bien joué. Carlson ensuite. Carlson veut revenir derrière le filet. La passe, le tir. Oh, compte! Brandon McNabb crée l'égalité. Shove it à quatre tirs au but ce soir et quand on a fait chercher à revenir devant le tir on est devant et l'arrêt et c'est contre Nicolas Roy avec le but gagnant les Golden Knights créent l'égalité quick update North Macedonia is north of Greece All right. <laughs> uh, I, uh, was I right about any of the Yugoslavian no, things? No, I don't know. Um, well, they're south of Serbia. No, I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> I don't think so at all. Um, okay. We are going to give out some grades here because the Golden oh, Knights. Hold on, wait. Before wait, we get to the grades. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Um, I got you. Thank you. Sorry. A Sorry. plus. All right. Ready? Yes. Grainy's grades. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Grainy's grades. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points. And may God have mercy on your soul. Grainy's grades. God damn it, I hate you, First thing to grade an update. Let's grade the horizon. Oh. A plus. A plus. Often as growing up in the mean streets of Laguna Beach, I saw the horizon. And it was beautiful. Um, I mean, everywhere. It was. It was nice. Nah, the mean streets were. <laughs> it was very beautiful. In the mean streets of Laguna Beach, sitting on the boardwalk, looking out into the horizon. So I got to give it an A plus. I I love the horizon. A plus. So the reason the horizon is being graded is because Pete DeBoer described Chandler Stevenson this morning as being on the horizon of returning. Well, last no. year. He used the same phrase to describe Max Pacioretty when he was coming back from injury as being on the horizon. Now, I'm going to give out an A plus, A plus to myself because we have a timeline. Last year, it was August 2nd when Pete DeVore said that Pacioretty was on the horizon. It was then August 7th when he said that Max Pacioretty was closer than the horizon 
and it was August 11th as to when Max Pacioretty actually came back. So following that timeline, Chandler Stevenson will be back on June 28th. Game four at the Stanley Cup Finals? <laughs> this series will I mean, be I, over. I, this, this will be, I don't know. Um, this series will be over on what? Saturday? Um, one way or the other. Yeah, this series will be over at least by Saturday. So that would con- that could conceivably be game one of the Stanley Cup Final. If uh, yeah, if they if they both close out by Thursday night, yeah, yeah. So yeah. this that could be game one. But on the Patcheretti Horizon timeline, Chandler Stevens would be back on the twenty eighth, and on the twenty fifth, we'll hear he's closer than the Horizon. By the way, so keep that in mind. June twenty fifth, uh, Chandler Stevens should be closer than the Horizon, or we'll find out that Stevenson's just faster getting here from the Horizon. Than Maybe Max yeah, I mean, he might be fast getting off yeah. the Horizon. He's on Leonard's bus. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a lot There's a lot of seats. So Leonard and Stevenson are the only one on the early bus. All right. Next topic to grade. The referees. Um, incomplete. Incomplete. Because they have no clue what they're doing. And we have no clue what they're doing. So it's hard to give a final grade because they're completely... We're as lost as them. Uh, Nick Suzuki, I punched you in the head. He was two feet from me. He looking the ref looked right at it. Play on, you know. Uh, was it who was it? Who, who Ryan told us who, who got who got cross Carrier gets cross checked into, into the boards with his head. Play on. I I don't know what they're calling. Yeah. Do do I think it's more egregious where they've missed more calls on Montreal? Yes. Obviously, their fans think so. Their players think so. Their coaches think so. I think that's more gamesmanship where you you continue to try to put it in the referees' heads of like, oh, come on, you say it after every game. You're hoping to get maybe one call here or there, but I think they're completely lost. And I don't buy into this. I know, like, oh, it's playoffs, it's playoffs. But I think Ryan's right. That's dangerous too because then you finally call one as a makeup call. It's not a good decision. I, I just think they're terrible. I don't, you know, I just don't think there's anything good you can say about them. To me, the worst. Uh... Of the refereeing, the last worst night was Tomas Nosek boards Shea Weber. Like it's a, it's a yes. the, the textbook definition of boarding. Yes, Tomas Nosek puts Shea Weber into the board. Should have been a penalty. Nothing is called. So Shea Weber goes back. Then cross checks Tomas Nosek yeah. in the back and knocks him down. The the textbook definition of cross checking. Both of those guys committed obvious penalties. Neither one called, and the referees didn't stop the game and call a penalty until the two started to try to take each other's right. heads off. Like they stopped playing; those two stopped playing hockey and started like taking shots at each other's head. And only then did the referees intervene and say, "Okay, you both get matching roughing penalties." That's why it's dangerous because it, both of those are dangerous hits. Boarding is a dangerous play by Noshik. The cross check in the back is a dangerous play by Weber. And then for both, like. The well, the fighting's the least dangerous of all right. of it. Because then they decide, well, I need to police this yeah. myself. I need to go try to beat up Shea Weber. I yeah. need to go try to beat up Tomas Nosek because the refs aren't calling it, and he just took a cheap shot on me. That's why it's bad. Take call, Weber. Call the, the boarding when Carrier gets hit into the right. boards. Call the boarding when Weber gets hit into the call, boards. Call the... Call the problem when Suzuki gets almost decked <laughs> in the face, like yeah. And none of like none of that's an actual issue. I'll tell you another problem with this, and I'm sorry. I, I know the NHL might not have the money of the NFL. It's the playoffs. You should never, in my opinion, have the same refs back to back. They are doing it because of COVID. Well, I'm sorry. Put some more refs uh, in, the, in the little bubble. No, yeah. no. You put them all. In, uh, look, put them all in the bubble, but have twenty in the bubble instead of six, and just you know. Yeah. Change out rest to have the same refs back to back games 
even if, like, let's say the game before there were no controversial calls, I still mix them up. Yeah. I think that's really bad. Am I the only one imagining a bubble just filled with referees yes, just skating <laughs> around in circles, just being like, I hope it's my day to get out of the bubble. And the only one without a mask on is McCrimmon, who then tests positive. Was McCrimmon on the bus? All right. <laughs> Next topic is Kelly McCrimmon. Oh. I mean, F minus fail, fail. Well, F well, minus. Leave it at that. I won't go fail, fail, because I did like his head bobbing up and down when McPhee went nuts. But... I think, I mean, the Montreal GM has his mask on. I'm not even saying it's right. I'm just saying if that's what they're telling you to do, then you put the mask on. You might hate it. You might be vaccinated. But it's a bad look when you don't have the mask on and the next day you've tested positive for COVID. I'm not even saying anything had to do with it. I'm just saying just for appearance sake, put the mask on. So an F? F. For not wearing the mask at game three. Yeah. And also an F. F to the NHL because apparently their punishment to McPhee and McCrimmon was, hey, don't do that again. Um, but I'm going to give an incomplete. Incomplete. Because so Kelly McCrimmon tests positive for COVID. We don't know. Has Kelly McCrimmon been vaccinated? But that's the other thing. I don't know that. If he. I'm going to assume he is, and maybe that's a bad assumption, but I'm going to assume. I'm going to assume the only people on that team, perhaps not vaccinated, would be some players. So if McCrimmon is vaccinated and he and he, you can still catch it once you're yeah, vaccinated, sure. then okay, like it happens, right. whatever. No, like well, the Montreal coach was yeah. vaccinated, and and, got it. and uh, you'll, I mean, the survival rates what 100 percent, right, for right. people that are vaccinated but end up catching COVID. So like it'll be fine if he's not vaccinated. That's enough. F. But for now, incomplete because we don't know the answer to that. Incomplete. Uh, next topic to grade: Nick Wah. Wah. Well, I mean, A plus. A plus. Scored the winner. Um, Someone can score. He's got his uh, family there. He's from Quebec. As we heard one uh, person ask afterwards, you're from a small town in Quebec. Uh, who did you have here? He has to get an A plus. He was there. I mean, he, he's actually a, uh, plus. a person, like you said, who can put it in the net. We know those who aren't. So I have to give him an A plus. He won the game for him. And he also gets an A plus. A plus. Because he was on the top line in overtime. And. I think he's their best option to play on the top line if Chandler Stevenson is not there. Alex Tuck hasn't really worked, so put him on the top line. That should be is, their best Put option. it this way, is there any chance Cody Glass could even be worse than anyone on the top line right now? Who? I'm just saying, like, Cody Glass? Like, is, there any, is there any chance he could be worse given no one else is scoring? I think he's going like, to play for Ottawa next year. <laughs> right? Well, there'll be a big, so- there'll be a big uh, sign in the sports goods store. Oh, there's Cody. <laughs> All right, next one to grade is Braden McNabb. Uh... Again, look, I'm going to give anyone that scores it on this team at this point an A because it's <laughs> so the it's bar just, is so low. The bar is so low for shovel. anyone scoring right now. I'll give him an A because a. I don't know what his course he was or whatever. All I knew was no one can score, and this dude got a goal, so he has to get an A. Uh, he gets a C. <laughs> C. C. He put the shot on nets. That's why he gets a C. Uh, it was a terrible shot. He <laughs> shot it right into Carey Price's he... stomach. But Carey Price gets an F because F. somehow Carey Price on this shot into his stomach managed to let it squirt Man. between his arm and his body. I don't even know how it happened, but it did. It wasn't a good shot. There was no, like, he the shot only, it directly at his chest. Yeah, the only good thing about that shot is that it was on net and he didn't miss the net entirely. That's the only good my thing. Grades, that my grades are based on results. <laughs> yeah. And it got in the net somehow. I will say, the only good thing about it is that it went in the net. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, next topic. 
is Ryan Reeves. Okay. A plus. Okay, so <laughs> this is weird because I'm going to give an A. A. But I'm going to couch it with A for DeBoer. For That's fine. You can give out grades however you want. D. I think he... I think the conclusion is I don't know what he's giving you. Here's the other thing. Maybe it should be an A because the a. only thing he gives you probably won't be called in the series because they call <laughs> nothing. So what the only thing he really does is physicality and like take people down and all that. So he should probably get an A because none of it will be a. called anyway because the refs stink. But DeBoer made a switch that I think if you look at numbers and you really talk about what he actually gives you, I don't know how you're playing him at this point. DeBoer only gets a C. C. Because he hasn't done it before? Yes. <laughs> he played him for six minutes in game three. Ryan Reeves played six minutes in game three. Ryan Reeves didn't take a shift after the 13-minute mark of the third period in game three. Like, it, credit to Pete DeBoer for actually taking him out of the lineup for game four. Like, that's what should have happened when you're not going to play the guy. But you should take him out of the lineup before that. And as we've you mentioned with Cody Glass, Cody Glass would give you more than Ryan Reeves. Yeah. Like, even if you didn't play Cody Glass a single minute at five-on-five and you just chucked him out there for the two-minute power play, like, he would give you more than Ryan Reeves has. So I can only give a C because he should have done this a long time ago. All right, last one we're going to do here. This kid dressed up as Marc-Andre Fleury and tweeted out by Vegas Trader. Oh, it's gone. I was going to say, I I tried to call it up, and it's gone. Oh, what happened? We can gla- we can grade flurry. Did you wait? Did you see this? No, because I you had it on the rundown last night. It was oh. gone last night when I clicked on it. It was yeah. gone last night. Okay, all right. This I is, assume my phone wasn't working. This is yeah, I, uh, oh man, I am so who devastated. Who is this kid? I don't know. He's just a random Golden Knights fan. But so he, he wasn't in Montreal. No, he oh. tweeted a picture of his kid dressed up as a goaltender with a Golden Knights like goalie mask on. His kid's like eight years old, dressed up as a goalie, making a save, but coming out of his back, a sword and written in Sharpie, DeBoer. He dressed him up as the Alan Walsh meme. How'd they do the sword? I I don't know, held it in his arm or something. Oh, well, A for creativity. He dressed his kid a. up as I mean, the Alan Walsh. And then he deleted it. A for Where's creativity. Um, oh. I, I, I mean, I don't. I hope not it's good. not one of those situations right. where, Jimmy, you're going to be the next Flurry. He's like, nah, no, he's not. Um, but you're going to be the next Flurry. We, we better appeal to Alan Walsh. I mean, he, I guess he gets an A. I haven't seen the picture. A. For creativity. I. Then again, it's like, I don't know, an A and then. Maybe a D for disturbed. D because the kid's eight years old and you're dressing him up with a sword. <laughs> so maybe that kid's like, is this supposed? It's like the kid on the golf course. Are they supposed to do that? No, they're not. Um, so it's. I guess it's an A for a. the idea, C for the creativity, C. and a D for he's D. obviously a disturbed person. An F for deleting the tweet. F because so I he to, deleted it. I yeah, it's gone. I had to describe to you two what this great tweet was, and that made it much worse. I wanted to see the sword. Yeah, um, but an A. Because this is probably the first time in my life I've been like, huh, might be helpful to have a kid. You can dress him up like stupid stuff and tweet it out. You can make fun of people you with your kids. You can do that with your dog. Uh, None of them like to wear things. It'd be hard to put a helmet on. I can't put like a harness on my dogs, let alone a helmet. I can't believe. Uh, now, I kids, can't... kids, I can put a harness on. Yeah. I can't believe you didn't uh, grade stone. Well, let's grade Stone. What do you want to give him? We don't. We only have the A, but I will say MIA. 
Hey. <laughs> I mean, wait, wait, Jared, Jared, hold on, hold on, here we got it. I got it. M I A. There you go. Asterisk. What is. He didn't have a shot on goal. He, that's the other thing. Like, it's one thing not to score, but just shoot at one point. I mean, it's. <laughs> he's. Brave he's McNabb completely disappeared. Yeah. And he's disappeared. Not only has he not produced a single point in this series, his expected goals in game four was 17%, third worst on the team. Like, all, like awful. On? Like, when he's on the ice, Montreal is winning the series. Montreal is winning the game every time Mark Stone takes the ice, and that's that's brutal. Did you see the time that he, like, a puck, like, shot out, and he dove for it and yes, just, it nice. like, flew across the ice and was like, what? What was the plan there, Mark? Well, fun. I don't know the numbers. You might know the numbers, but one of his greatest skill obviously is his stick, and he's got an incredible. That's all they talk about, and so like that. It seems like he's getting it taken away a lot. I mean, the give it. It seems like they. That's not affecting Montreal at all, and that's the one thing he's obviously his his vision and his passing. But I saw last night. I mean, I didn't keep track of everyone, but I saw him give it away like two or three times. Like, man, if he can't even do that, he's completely missing in action. Yeah, it's the one thing he can do. I mean, he can do a lot. He's their best player essentially, but he is. This is not good. He might score two in the next game, and you know we're looking silly. But to this point. He's done nothing. It's amazing they're tied in the series this late in the playoffs. And, and he's done nothing. Patch Reddy's, yeah. you know, a couple of assists. Marceau, Carlson, they've really done yeah. nothing. Incredible. All right, coming up next, Bischoff's briefs. And I give the people or the person what they want, some UNLV basketball. Tweet at Bischoff underscore Tyler and at Ed Graney. The rules of Scrabble are simple. First, each player pretends to mix the tiles while trying to feel for the letter A. Bischoff's briefs. The game does not officially begin until one player reminds all the others that the first word scores double. That player is known as the Scrabble Jackass and is then handed the box top for any further rule clarifications. Bischoff's briefs. Players then take turns laying down words until someone does a bad job hiding the fact that they drew a blank. Bischoff's briefs. Upon seeing the blank draw, each player must make a bad joke about the tiles in their possession. Bischoff's briefs. Play continues until each turn takes longer than open heart surgery, and the game ends when one person uses the last of their letters. Even though at this point no one likes that person, they're still referred to as the winner. Bischoff's briefs. And that's how you scrabble. Got a tweet from... NY Rebel LV on Twitter over the weekend in response to Kevin Kruger's siren crank. This oh, no. might be the only reference to UNLV men's basketball made by any media the entire summer. Interest in UNLV at an all-time low. Not accurate. We spent 10 minutes talking about the nicknames of each UNLV basketball player on Friday. Uh, but here for... That is a thing we did. It is. For NY Rebel LV, here are a couple of things on UNLV basketball. First off, Jordan McCabe the transfer point guard from West Virginia. He said on his YouTube channel last week that he tore his meniscus. Oh, uh, <laughs> I don't have one of those. Obviously this kid doesn't play for the golden Knights. <laughs> he does not you imagine a gold Knight, Chandler Stevenson hit my head, having a concussion. I'm on the horizon. Wait a minute. Who the hell said that? Uh, they, according to McCabe, they're not going to have surgery. That would have knocked him out roughly three months, which would put <sighs> him coming back late September. Instead, they're just going to go with rehab and he will be out four to six weeks. Uh, so that would get him back sooner. Uh, according to Jordan McCabe, this is the second time he has torn his meniscus. <sighs> Interestingly enough, 
The first time he tore his meniscus, he played through it as a freshman at West Virginia. And if you remember Jordan McCabe's career at West Virginia, that was the only year he actually played significant minutes. He didn't play much as a sophomore or a junior. Uh, so that was the, his best year in college was playing on a torn meniscus. So we'll see what happens with McCabe. Obviously he's injured this before. It could be a problem once the season gets here, but if the rehabbing goes well, four to six weeks, I imagine they think he'll be good to go for the season actually starting. And that's why they're not doing the surgery. You're working out, right? Uh, yes, yeah, they, already they started like, practice and stuff. last week, yeah. I think was the first week of summer practices. So, and yeah, cause Jordan McCabe in his video, uh, told us that he tore it in the first day of practice, uh, was when he injured his meniscus. So, uh, yeah, Jordan McCabe injury should be back in time. Uh, but something to keep an eye on once the season gets here and meniscus or his meniscus, because that's been an issue for him now, two different times. The other note is on Bryce Hamilton who was not invited to the NBA Combine. So, a couple takeaways. First off, I'd say this makes it 99.9% he comes back to UNLV next year. Because if you remember when he said he was coming back to UNLV, he said he was still keeping his name in the NBA draft. So there was still a chance he would leave and go pro. He could go pro and play in a league that's not the NBA. There's professional basketball that's not the NBA. That's always going to be an option for guys. So that could happen, but it seems like Bryce Hamilton is going to be coming back to UNLV because the NBA is not an option at this point. I am curious on two fronts what it means, A, for Hamilton's pro future after this upcoming season, because not getting the invite this year is pretty rough, right? Like how much better is he going to get in one more college basketball season that he's going to go from uninvited to the combine to being drafted in next year's NBA draft. But from the UNLV perspective, I am fascinated on what Kevin Kruger told Bryce Hamilton. Like, how did he sell him on coming back to UNLV? Because I imagine Bryce Hamilton's goal is to play in the NBA, right? That's that's the goal of a, of a basketball player is to make it into the NBA. He is basically told, hey, you're not good enough. You need to be better to make it into the NBA. So him coming back to UNLV, does Kevin Kruger tell him, promise him anything like, hey, we're going to help you. We're going to help you work on these parts of your game. We're going to get you into the NBA. Or is it, hey, just come back. Here's all the playing time you could desire. Here's all the shots you could want. I'm very curious what Kevin Kruger told Bryce Hamilton. Because, again, for Hamilton, I assume like any basketball player, he, his goal is to be in the NBA. He's got a long way to go to get there. So what is Kruger saying to like help that or to get him back to UNLV? Like, how were those conversations? Well, I think he he had to have gotten he had to have gotten an evaluation back, and I assume the evaluation said at best second round. Maybe they didn't even say that. And I think you're spot on. I think he told him two things: one, we'll run everything to you, and we'll make you a pro. I, I mean, that's what I would have said if the evaluation came back and said you're not getting drafted. I mean, I'd make it very simple to him whether they can or not. I agree with you. I don't even know if he gets drafted next year. Uh, they said to him, I'm sure if you come back, we can work on all these things, and you will be a draftable player. What else would you say to him? Um, and we'll run everything through you. Because what I find interesting about that is running the offense through Hamilton is not the key to him getting drafted. The two main things are he's got to shoot better from three, and he's got to be a competent defender. Because those right. are two things he hasn't done in his that's, career. That's facts. 
You're saying what did they really tell? Right, him? I know. Yeah, that's what I find. Yeah, interesting. They didn't tell him because right. If you tell if you if, if you, you tell a guy come back, you're going to be a defender. He's like, oh, I'm not doing that. <laughs> right, and that's what I think is fascinating because if he, if Hamilton comes back and he's the same player he's been the last two years, they run the offense. He's not an him, NBA player. He's not getting drafted. No, that's what that's what he's, he's been. And the NBA the said scouting, that's not good enough. What if the scouting report that came back from the NBA was this kid can't defend? And so you're like, well, well teach you I mean, I'm it. sure you would have, I'm sure, well, not even Sharon. I'm sure he got the evaluation back and he saw what they said. So, but you still, if you're coming back, you still want to, you still want to be told you're the offensive guy. We're running everything through you. That, right. That's what you yes. want to be told. And that's what I would tell him too, if you want him to come back. But as far as his NBA dream goes, that's not the issue. It's the, the issue is he doesn't shoot and he doesn't defend. I, and those are critical for the NBA. I don't think he's an NBA player. I don't right? either. So, I don't either. But Hamilton probably still does. Sure. I mean, the dream still exists. Sure, exactly. So you cater to that. And yeah. what do you tell him to get him back? That's what I'm curious to find out. Coming up next, Paul Gutierrez joins the show. Is Tyler a know-it-all? Can you prove him wrong? Tweet at Bischoff underscore Tyler and at Ed Graney. It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas, 1100 AM and 100.9 FM. Joining us now from ESPN is Paul Gutierrez. Paul, I do need to warn you, Ed might be a little absent during this interview because I just found out it's Amazon Prime Day. Oh, I'm going to click like nuts. He is now shopping. What are you looking at? Are you getting a Dodgers Paulie, hat? I got a uh, New Era uh, Flex Dodgers hat. <laughs> um, usually 50. It's down to like 30-something, so that baby will be here in two days. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where we're at. Um <laughs> I do have a question for you, Paul. I hope you have seen uh, Golden Knight siren cranks during the playoffs. Which Raider do you think has been the best at cranking the siren? You know, what's interesting is when those guys do it, you worry about a, a torn rotator cuff yes. when they're doing it. They go so nuts. Uh, uh, if I'm not mistaken, ever since Darren Waller, they, they've been undefeated, right, when a Raider has done it um, in, in the arena? or, or... I think they are. I think since Waller yeah. did it, they, well, they've they, been undefeated. They lost when Mayock did it. Right? Oh, that's yeah. right. He doesn't yeah. count, though. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, you're talking about Raider players. Uh, uh, I guess all of them have done really well, except for uh, for Darren Waller and Mike Mayock. We'll put it that way. But, but yeah, I mean, it's funny because when you see him do it, it you know, Max Crosby got into it. Uh, Derek Carr got into it a little bit. And it's still the gold standard to me is, is the UNLV football coach, uh, Arroyo. <laughs> I mean, it, right, did that look like he needed Tommy John and rotator cuff. <laughs> okay. All right. Derek Carr does it. He tears his rotator cuff. What is John Gruden's reaction to the Golden Knights from that point forward? <laughs> yeah, I don't think uh, Mike Mayock uh, is wearing that Golden Knights cap out there <laughs> yes. in training camp. That red Golden Knights hat we saw every day at training camp. Yeah, yeah, that was interesting. So training camp, well, OTAs are done and, and yeah. over. Um, your first impression, and like you know, we saw Ngakwe for a few days. Um, you know, it's it's so hard to tell. I mean, they go inside; it's so hard to tell in these drills or what's happening out there. But it, you know, what are a few things that actually stood out to you that might be positive, and or you're like, eh, I don't know if they improved that much. Well, and you're you're right. I mean, it's hard to to tell. I mean, they're out there running around in their underwear and helmets. Um, you know, so of course they look impressive as as as, as football players. But at the same time, what, what stood out to me the most was just the. You know, with all the the uncertainty when when the offseason programs began, and the Raiders being one of the teams that put out a statement saying we're skipping the voluntary portion, was the actual attendance. So many guys showed up um, when they said they were not going to, um, and, and I don't you know fault them for going back on their word or whatever. But to me, that was the most impressive thing was how many guys had bought into the program, how many guys were going to be there. Um, on the flip side of that, it was kind of strange that Divine Diablo did not 
uh, at least when we were there watching, right, right. Uh, did not work out while we were there watching, wasn't practicing. And, you know, he hadn't signed his rookie contract. But then again, neither had the second rounder, Trevon Morick. And he was out there every day that we were there. So I think that was kind of the head-scratching moment of, of OTAs in minicamp. And, and the kind of bright spot was just the pure attendance of all the guys that were there. Nobody was holding out during mandatory minicamp, so to speak. Josh Jacobs showed up. Uh, Ngakwe showed up. So, you know, it gives them a nice feeling as they go off for these six weeks before they return for training camp. We heard sort of the same line two different times. One during the voluntary stuff about competitive advantage and, and wanting everybody to show up so they had a competitive advantage or didn't have a competitive disadvantage by not showing up. But also we've kind of heard it about getting vaccinated. And we've obviously seen the NFL's protocols. Like, it, I don't, it's, it's just funny to me that that's sort of the way the Raiders have gotten everybody on board is, hey, uh, we want to win football games, so please do this. Please show up for voluntary and please get vaccinated so we can win football games in the fall. Yeah, and it was interesting the way that John Gruden put it when he was asked about it in the, the Zoom on, on Wednesday. Um, he said he was not at liberty to say which players basically had been vaccinated, but he hoped they all would be and would be as safe as possible when it came time to, to get ready for training camp. But he did offer that tidbit that, that all the coaches were vaccinated. So they're definitely dangling a carrot out there, regardless of, of personal beliefs, religious beliefs, science beliefs, non-science beliefs, whatever it may be. <laughs> and you see it playing out in front of you uh, because, you know, you see a lot of the quarterbacks last week and a lot of the, the high-profile players who would say, well, that's a personal choice. I, I'm not going to get to my medical history and things like that. Well, you, you know which side of the aisle they're going to fall on when it comes to that. But with these rules the NFL has put out, with the blessing of the NFLPA, it's going to be very apparent come training camp and, and when you're able to talk to guys face-to-face who was vaccinated, who was not vaccinated. Because if you're vaccinated, you kind of go on as, as it was you know, a year and a half, two years ago. If you have not been vaccinated, uh, you're going back into kind of isolation the same way everything was last year. So, again, everything is hurry up and wait, but it's going to be interesting to see what it looks like when guys come back from training camp. Well, let me ask you this, because we asked an earlier guest about this, just specific to the Raiders as you know them. Because when they came back, you know, one of the themes was, ah, competitive disadvantage, we need to all be in there, we can't let teams get ahead of us. Obviously the vaccine is not, can you go to OTAs? As the Raiders you know them, is it a strong enough locker room, are there strong enough voices to convince the others, hey, if you don't do this, the Chiefs or all these other people who might be doing this, they're going to have an advantage over us, you must do this. It depends upon if those strong voices are vaxxers or anti-vaxxers, right? Because yeah. otherwise you'll see the whole yeah. thing kind of fall apart like you did in Washington, D.C. back in 2017. You, you thought there were strong leaders in that locker room, and apparently there weren't. So, and again, this isn't trying to make it political or anything like that, but, but to answer your question, real simply, it depends upon if those leaders believe in the science or if they don't. You know what I mean? And, and we know, you know, you could take a straw poll in that media room as to who we believe uh, and I'm not going to answer the question, but who we believe uh, were vaxxers, anti-vaxxers, things like that. And we all know there's at least one or two guys that, that have shown that they're not, uh, that they're anti, that they are anti-vaxxers, but based on what they've tweeted in the past, and they've been quiet so far. So, yeah, I mean, the non-answer answer is it depends upon who those leaders are and on which side of the aisle they fall on. I mean, we know the one is Jalen Richard because he was the one that was saying not getting vaccinated against the flu. Yes. That, yeah. Yeah, that's one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's your free bingo spot. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, Josh Jacobs did talk to the media. I'm curious, after listening to him, how happy do you think he actually is with the Kenyon Drake signing? You know, that's one thing that I did wonder. And it, it's one of those things where 
I can't wait till we get back to at least talking to these guys one on one, face to face, or trying, you know, just getting some real emotion out of this thing. Because I did wonder if there was some hesitancy there that, uh, you know, wait a minute, you're giving this guy, he's supposed to be my backup, but you're giving him starter money. Um, you know, Josh Jacobs has had 2,000 yard uh, rushing seasons in his first uh, two seasons of, as an NFL player, been to the Pro Bowl. I do wonder if there's something there. But then again, they both went to Alabama, didn't necessarily play together, but they have that in common. So, again, one of those things where you hesitate to ask that question on Zoom because you don't, you don't, you're not sure you're going to get an, uh, you know, an accurate answer, so to speak, but, but also you don't want to put somebody on the spot like that, too. You'd rather talk to them off to the side and say, hey, what, what's going on? And you kind of go from there. So I do wonder, and, and you know, my spidey senses did tingle a little bit when, when he wasn't showing up for OTAs, and, but then he did show up for mandatory and said all the right things. Uh, you know, he's a different cat himself, and he'd probably be the first one to tell you that, that he kind of sees things differently, and he kind of just goes to the beat of his own drum. Are you surprised or not Derek Carr has been able to reach the levels of uh, fame and fortune and ability given <laughs> how he grew up in Fresno and how difficult it was in the mean streets of Fresno growing up there? I mean, it, the struggle is real, my friend. Hey, man, I, you know, to uh, to paraphrase Rich, uh, Lou Diamond Phillips as Richie Valens in La Bamba, I'm just a kid from Bacoima, man. <laughs> Richie Valens and his flying guitar. Uh, no, I'm from Barstow, so you know I, yes! I feel him. I feel him. I'm from Barstow. I went to UNLV. Um, that was strange. That was strange. I mean, to, to pull on those heartstrings, and um, you know, and that—that's what was brilliant about what he did was, you know, to those of us that have been around for a while, it, it's transparent. You see what he's doing. Derek Carr is smart. He's not a dumb guy. Anything he says is going to be calculated. He's going to say for a reason, especially when you're the face of the franchise. You're as high profile a guy as you. Anything you say is going to be newsworthy. So nothing he said was by mistake. So when he first goes and, and shows his undying love, undying loyalty to Raider Nation, to Mike Mayock, to John Gruden, to, to Mark Davis, to the fan base, not only is he telling everybody how much he loves him and wants to stay there, but when he says he'd probably retire rather than play for somebody else, he torpedoes his own trade value. You know, So it, it kind of paints everybody into a corner there. But then to say, you know, he doesn't need much and he doesn't come from much and he doesn't need much. Well, this is a family that, you know, the older brother who's on NFL Network now was the number one overall draft pick. Um, and Derek, oh, yeah, for a few weeks of a summer a few years ago was the highest paid player in NFL history. So, again, it's like, okay, you got me over here. Uh, you lost me on this one. But that's kind of been the thing with Derek because I've covered this team in one way or another nonstop since 05. I have never, ever seen a player as polarizing that's good and bad, as, as Derek Carr. Because, you know, when it came to Jamarcus Russell, Todd Marinovich, uh, you know, guys that really were not popular at all, there wasn't this undying loyalty, this undying love, and this undying let's get rid of him. Uh, it, that, it's not with Derek Carr both ways. So it's real interesting to see how this thing plays off as well. I, I love the fact when he always says, I don't read, I don't listen, I don't hear, but he slides in one of the comments. You know, some people said we had the worst off season. <laughs> like, how do you know that if you're not reading? Yeah, yeah. Somebody slips in Bill Barnwell, ESPN.com um, or something. But you know, and that but that that goes across the board, you know. And and that's any any out there. I think that's just human nature. I mean, you're going to yeah. see what people say about you, what people say about you, read about you, write about you. Right. Uh, yeah. It, I mean, that's human nature. But again, it's like, okay, well, again, just stop. You know, <laughs> just stop. Uh, so, Golden Knights goaltender Robin Leonard said he got uh, there two hours early to read through all the hate on Twitter for him. Which Raiders player do you think would show up two hours early to read all the hate about him on Twitter? You know, I, 
the knee-jerk knee answer would be uh, Derek on that, right? right? But I, I don't know. I mean, he's got enough people that are doing that for him um, and letting him know. <laughs> Darren might show up early. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I think he's – yes. Um, still blocked on Twitter by him, by the way. But, <laughs> you know, I would say Josh Jacobs. Because remember last year he did that weird thing before a game, like oh, less than 90 oh. minutes. It was like right about two hours before kickoff where he took a shot at a bunch of fantasy players and said he wasn't going to play. Yeah. And he did. That's right. So That's right. it's like, where is his focus on on clowning fantasy players or getting ready for a game? Because it was obvious he tweeted that from his phone in the locker room before inactives were announced. So that's the guy I think, like I said, you know, not throwing any shade or casting inspirations or being negative at all, but that's, again, it's like, I'm still trying to figure out, guys, when I became get-off-my-lawn guy, you know, because I'm like, I, I, that really was like, what in the world is he doing? But yet, you know, there wasn't the time that long ago, and I was like, yeah, stick it to him, show him what's up, tell him what time it is, blah, blah, blah. And, and no, it's just, I think that's the guy. I need a, I need a non-reviewed journal reporter's uh, insight on this. Did you eat any donuts from Cassie Soto last week? Um, as a reviewed journal alum, I had to. <laughs> Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Darn right. Okay. Yes. Were they? Were were was anybody disappointed outside no. the review journal that she didn't bring donuts the first day? Uh, I believe a review journal employee was the one that told her not to bring them the first yes. day because it would have looked a little thirsty, so to speak. <laughs> but I, I don't know. <laughs> but on the second day, it was okay. Yeah. Second day was all good, and I got a maple and a chocolate, and I left this. And I think somebody said, "Yeah, that looks like a Simpsons donut," so I left that one alone. You had two donuts. One for breakfast, one for lunch. We were there for a while, man. It was a long day. That's right. Important. Important. All right, Paul. We appreciate it this morning, Paul. Thanks, Thanks Paul. For appreciate joining it, us. brother. Thanks. Hey, Ed, get, get me uh, season one and two of Mayans MC on Amazon Prime if it's there, all right? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Talk to you soon. All right, guys. Take care. As a big Mayans oh. fan like myself, great show. Paul Gutierrez, ESPN. Um, how many things did you buy during that interview? One. Dodger hat. Okay. Just the one. Prime. Prime day. Proud of you. Hope your family's not listening. They're going to come bust down the door to stop well, you there's no ch- more. Well, there's no chance of that, so I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I'm... Did you just say my family's listening? My family doesn't even know where I'm at. Like, the, the, my kids would get up. It's like, is that guy here? Like, does he leave every day? No. Not to no. Be, I mean, to be fair, we didn't know where you at, where you were going to be at, like, the entire two weeks they were playing the Avalanche, so... Yeah, I can I, just, I can understand. Yeah, there, there was yeah, there was a very high probability that we were like, all right, so Ed's in Colorado. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm in my house. It's hard. Okay. It's hard for my kids to know where I'm at seven to ten when they're up at eleven thirty. <laughs> if you if you were had been sent to Montreal to cover these games and were in a fourteen day quarantine, what day into that quarantine would your kids realize that you were in Canada? Wife would know right away because I'd have to say goodbye and like get money from her. <laughs> Um, or the credit card, something. Uh, kids, ooh, they might know I'm gone, but I don't know if they know where I'm at. They would be gone because I get my money from her, and they get the money from me. So if I'm not around for a few days, and they want money, like, where's that guy with the money? Because they know she's not giving him any money. All I want is for him to be in Canada trying to pay for a meal that he's already eaten, and then, sir, it's been declined. Yeah. And him calling and be like, you placed a day limit? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Here we go. We got two tickets to give away to go see Jason Aldean at Park Theater at Park MGM. He's coming in December. 
We got two tickets now. Tickets aren't even on sale until Friday, but you can win two right here, right now to go see Jason Aldean in December at Park Theater at Park MGM. Caller number 9-702-364-1100. 702-364-1100. If you want to go see Jason Aldean, 702-364-1100. Our stats hogwash. Are you tired of hearing Tyler do math on the radio? Call the Press Box voicemail and let us know. 702-720-4678. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas Studios, this is the Press Box with Granny and Bischoff. Congratulations to Gabe. Gabe won a pair of tickets to go see Jason Aldean. We'll have more tickets throughout the week for both Jason Aldean and Brad Paisley. So... You want to go see those? Make sure you're listening. All right, Ed, what's the update yeah, here? This is so, this, no Dodger so, hats. No Prime so Day depressing. Dodger hats. I'm so blaming amazing. the daughter. I'm blaming the daughter. Okay, I told you last night. She comes out, and says, "Mom, it's Prime Day tomorrow," and now all the eyes now, all the eyes in the house go to me. <laughs> oh, that guy's about to click a lot tomorrow. So went on. And, you know, I need a new Dodger hat, a little flex fit. Uh, need it. Needed a new Dodger hat. Nike. I told you when I order stuff, I immediately archive it so the people at the house never know I ordered it. Then by the time it gets to the house, they can't say anything. But the He's daughter, con! the daughter tipped her off that it was Prime Day, <laughs> so I ordered it. And you know, you get first of all, you get the confirmation email. Amazon has received your order. Blah blah. Within two minutes later, I guess I'll have to read it here. Let's well, don't see. read the card number. Yes. No, huge letters. Payment declined. <laughs> Update your information. What this woman did after the daughter said it was Prime Day, she went in there. I guarantee you, last night when I was writing the column off the game and switched what is the the uh, the first card, the option of what your card is, your your home card or whatever, and she switched it out. So knowing Prime was coming, <laughs> this woman took out my chance of getting anything today, and I missed out on the Dodger hat. The it's greatest, just, it's the, it's, and and by the way, like I said, I can't even go home now. I mean, there's no chance she's listening now, so she won't even know this happened. I can't go home now and get mad at her because then I'm going to have to admit I bought something and archived it to, to hide it from her. So I can I can say nothing now. I just will go without the Dodger hat. Unless I can, as she doesn't listen, maybe sneak into the purse and change the card back. But that always takes that always takes that always takes a lot of that takes a lot of time and effort. And I don't know if I want to do that. Okay. All right. First off, I love that your family doesn't trust you enough that they will change the card out on you yes. so you can't order. No chance. I also love that you have a system in place to try oh, yes. to hide them <laughs> oh, yes. because you can archive purchases yes. you so can archive they can't purchases. see them. Right. But number three, here's here's <laughs> what you need to do. Find something on Amazon that you think you could convince her that she would want Oof. or that would be a good purchase. Not happening. See, one day you're going to have a five-minute conversation with her, and you're just going to realize there's absolutely nothing on Amazon she thinks we need. So that has no chance of happening, like Jared said. She'll never think we need you just, anything. You just need something better than a Dodger hat to go to her with. Right? You go to there's, her with a Dodger hat, and it's, no, you don't need a Dodger hat. Cause there's got, like 10 of them. Sure. You got 10 of them. But if you can find something better, like this would be useful, then may, and then you have a reason to say, "Hey, why it's is an the card enormous changed? Baylor flag right. that <laughs> might get blown into our neighbor's yard." You just got to find something less embarrassing than a Dodger hat to try to say, "Hey, I tried to buy this and it got declined." And it got declined. I'll try. I'll look all day, but <laughs> there's just no. Tr- I mean, oh, I. 
maybe Computer Inc. We're out of ink in the computer. There you go. Hey, we do that. Tomorrow is also Prime Day. There's two Prime Days. That's right. So you Computer got Inc. Tomorrow. Here. Yeah.